Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. It is so good to see you. How many of you are glad that you're here? <laughs> yeah, see, now you just took away from me my little um, earlier, in the earlier service, I said, I said, oh, seven of you. Uh, but look at this. Everybody is so excited today. Um, if you have your, your scripture and you'd like to turn with me to James chapter 1, we're going to kind of pick up from where we, uh, where we were at, left off last week. And how many of you remember, we, last week we talked about the fact that we will all face trials. James said, count it pure joy uh, when you face trials of many kinds. He said, when? So we, we realize that trials are going to happen. They're not optional. Everybody's going to face trials. We're all going to face those moments, and he called testing of faith. None of us know how strong our faith is until it's tested. None of us know how strong anybody else's faith is until it's tested. You can look at other people and just and, and think, man, those that is a, a per, that person is a giant of faith, and then one little storm come along and they're gone. So it's a lot more about what is going on in here first than it is what's coming out here. It's not about being able to talk a good talk. It's being able inside of us to have the kind of faith that weathers storms. And that comes out of a relationship with the Lord. And I love that James said you can have, you, you, can, you count it joy. Consider joy whenever you're going through these things. So he's teaching us about that and he goes on to talk about maturity. He says, you know, he tells us that, well, you can count it joy because when you go through these trials, these these trials, testing times, he said it's going to work perseverance, and that's a good thing. Though, how many of you know that, that it's hard to get there? I can remember when I, when I used to run, and I know some of you are looking at me and saying there's no way that he ever ran. But yes, I did. Back at, there was a few years ago, actually, um, I used to run, and I can remember because I always had in my mind that I would not be able, I, that I couldn't run long distances. I had convinced myself that I couldn't do that. But then I decided I was going to do it anyway, and so I began to run. And as I ran, I, I would come to this place to where, okay, I can't run any longer. I'm going to walk a while. But here's what I noticed. I would pass through barrier after barrier after barrier when yesterday or a week ago I couldn't run. I could only run this far, but now I can run this far. Do you see what I'm saying? I think that's the way it is with our faith. We, when we go through tests and trials... When we go through them correctly, they end up giving us perseverance, and we persevere even more through others. And so we deal with stronger and greater trials, but we don't really sense that they're stronger and greater because our endurance is increasing. Is anybody tracking with me? So we want to go to that place where it ends up, and he says, bringing maturity. He said, that these things, perseverance, what will it do? Well, it will bring us to a place of maturity and completeness where, completeness where we don't lack anything. How many of you want to be at a, would love to be at a place of maturity and completeness where you lack nothing? That's the journey that we're on. And 
I hope that's the desire that we all have. But there's, James is going to tell us something else here. Because there's another matter involved in this if we're going to get all the goody out of these trials that we're going through, there's something else that we have to have. I remember, uh, well, it's just been recently, me and Carla bought us a, a rower, a rowing machine. How many of you know, you, you know I'm talking about a rowing machine? You know, one of those things you sit on and you row? Well, we bought us one of those because one of us needs to stay fit and one of us needs to get fit, and I'm not going to tell you which is which. <laughs> you watch out, Bob Jordan. So, so we were... So we bought the, well, I jumped on that thing, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to wear this thing out. And so I jumped on there, and said, like, man, and I mean, it's just like not even five minutes, and it, I, it just kicked my, it just, it wore me out. And um, so, so I, I started watching a, a training video on how to row, and I realized I was doing it all wrong. Now, how many of you know? Wouldn't you think you can just sit on something, you just start pulling on a rope and sliding back and forth, and what can you do? How can you go wrong with that? So I watched this video, and the, the guy in the video said, if, you, if your form is wrong, if you don't have correct form, he said, you're going to have a problem. You won't get all the benefits out of the rowing machine. And so as I'm watching him, I realize, okay, my form was all, it was completely wrong. And I don't want to go through the pain of a workout and not get all the benefits. Hello. Right? We should not want to go through the pain of trials without getting every benefit there is to us in the middle of a trial. I don't want to go through a trial, neither do you, and come out the other side and just say, went through a trial. No, I want to grow through that trial. I want to, I want to grow some, some faith muscles in that trial. I want to grow some, some wisdom in that trial. I want to grow some perseverance and endurance in that trial, don't you? Rather than just complain through it. Hello. Anybody with me? Okay. Now, we're going to pick up today. Where, um, where we left off last week. So look at James chapter 5, I mean chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack, what's that word? If any of you lack wisdom. I love this because the Holy Spirit who inspired James to write this is speaking to us and he says... I'm not assuming that everybody that is listening to this or reading this has wisdom. Now, let me tell you what wisdom is not really quickly. I can remember growing up when they would talk about anybody that, you know, those, the, the people with white hair, those people are wise. Since I've grown up, I've found out that there are a ton of people with white hair that have no wisdom at all. White hair doesn't give you wisdom. We're going to talk about what does give you, be careful. We're going to talk about what does give you wisdom here in just a minute. But we need to have wisdom. And James says, if any of you lack wisdom. He just got through saying, you go through this trial, it's going to produce perseverance. Perseverance is going to mature us. Maturity, complete us. We'll lack nothing. But then he follows the next verse up and says, but if you lack something. He's saying it's very important that we have wisdom. 
because he goes on and he, he assumes, he's not assuming that everybody has wisdom, but he is presuming that everybody needs it. Do you see that? For this life. So that he goes on, he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let me say something about wisdom here. I'm, I, I'm not going to preach totally on wisdom today because next week I want to I pick up from here and actually start doing some teaching on wisdom because it's so vitally important. And let me, let me give you a little definition, little working definition here for it. Um, and it's just really simple. But wisdom is, is just being able to see from God's perspective. Wisdom is just being able to see life. Heavenly wisdom. Spiritual wisdom. To be able to see life from God's perspective. And then be able to make the decisions in the middle of that that God would make. Does that make sense? That's, that is wisdom, and that's what we're going to begin to do. How many of you really believe that we need some wisdom in this world today? If there was ever a time we, not more knowledge, our, our universities are spouting out people with degrees that have no wisdom at all. Is anybody listening to me? Now, there are some coming out that have wisdom, but it's not because of what they're getting in the university. I will tell you that. It's an overflow of a relationship with God, yes, but we are producing a lot of stuff that, that maybe would be wisdom of the world, but it is not the wisdom of God. And that's the wisdom that we need in this world. Why can't we figure out how to fix things in this world? Because we're not looking to the wisdom of God for it. We're looking at what everybody else wants to say, do, but we're not looking at the wisdom of God. So if we look at the wisdom of God, I would, I would, rather, I would rather have a middle school, never finished, never finished even middle school, Jethro. I'd rather have a nine-year, a nine was it nine years that Jethro went to school? For those of you that are of age, didn't know who Jethro is. I think he made it to the ninth grade. I would rather have a ninth grade education and have wisdom and have the wisdom of God than to have 14 degrees and have nothing but a head full of knowledge that is useless and can't help anybody. Now, I do know that there are people, welcome to our online family. We love you. We are so glad that you have joined us today. And, and I, I realize that there are a lot of people that are going to say, uh, Mom, Dad, you got to hear this message. For the first time, <laughs> you heard a message. you got to hear this message, bud, saying, I don't need to go to college now. <laughs> the preacher said it. The first time you ever agreed with anything the preacher said. But now you agree with me because, let me tell you something, you need a good education. I'm not saying that you need to choose not choose one. You need a good education, but that education will be useless to you unless you get the wisdom of God in the process. And the wisdom of God comes through the Word of God. Colossians, uh, Colossians 3.16. Let's look at that real quick. Colossians 3.16. Let the Word of Christ live in you richly, What's that? Y'all have it up there? What's the next words? Flooding you with what? Let the word of Christ 
dwell in you richly, flooding. So do you see this? The Word of God rising in your life. The Word of God rising in your life. The Word of God rising in your life and then flooding. Do you see that? The Word of God rising and then flooding your life. The Word of God rising and flooding in your life. We, we will never have wisdom without, without the Word of God and without knowing the Word of God. Wisdom is so vitally important. You remember that moment in time when, when Solomon, when God came to Solomon and he said, Son, I'm going to give you anything you want. I will give you anything that you want. You just tell me what you want, Solomon. And, and Solomon could have said, God, I want all the riches of the world. He could have said that. He could have said, I want the most beautiful wife and, uh, in the world. I, I want the most beautiful girlfriend in the world. I want the, I want the, the, the smartest kids in the whole world. Uh, I, w- I, want all the, I want all of the, um, uh, the kings in, in, of the world to bow to. He could, have, he could have said anything. But do you know what Solomon asked for? How many of you remember what he asked for? He said, God, give me wisdom. Do you know how beautiful that is to the heart of a father? Do you know what he's saying? It, it, it's, it'd be like my kids coming up to me and saying, Daddy, I want to be just like you. Daddy, I want to be as smart as you. My kids have never said that. <laughs> Haven't given them reason to yet. Daddy, I want, to be, I want to know what you know. God his son, this, this, his, his boy Solomon is coming and he's saying, son, you can have anything you want. God, give me wisdom. I want to be able to judge your people correctly. You've blessed me with all this, but I need to be able to judge your people correctly. Give me wisdom. He could have had anything, but he chose wisdom. What do we choose today? What would it sound like if God came to us and said, Son, you can have anything you want in this world. What do you want? Lord, give me time to to get on the internet and check out all the houses that are available around here. Give me time to find the biggest camp or the biggest boat. Give me time to find... I don't see anything is wrong with any of those. But would we choose wisdom before anything else? Yet Solomon did. And you know what happened to him? Because he chose wisdom. God said, now, you're going to have, you're going to have more than anybody before you or after. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you so blessed that people are going to look at you and they're going to think, how, how, how could anybody be so blessed? Because he chose wisdom. Wisdom. Because he chose to see from his father's perspective. Because he chose to be able to hear through his father's ears. And he chose to be able to think with his father's heart and mind. And he chose to make decisions like his father would make. That's what he chose. Wisdom. Now, It would be unfair for, at this point, for our Father to come to us and say, I'm going to give you anything I want. What would you choose? Because we'd be sitting here thinking, <laughs> I know how to get everything I want because all I have to do is ask for wisdom. That's what Solomon did. I will really want to be rich. I really want to be famous. But I'll ask for wisdom because I understand that's how you get what you want. God understands the motives of our heart, right? 
Don't think that's going to be an easy way to grab everything we want. He really wants to give us wisdom, to know, how, to know why you're going through the trial, to know what's going on in it, to understand the purposes of God in what you're going through now, and to understand the strategies of the enemy in what you're going through now. We have a world blind to a spiritual enemy. We blame everything on everybody and every group, and the enemy sits in his boardroom laughing his head off because we still think we're wrestling against flesh and blood. Our battle's not with flesh and blood. Our, our, our warfare, our wrestling is not with flesh and blood, but it's against a spiritual enemy. Wisdom can help you see the strategy of the enemy in the middle of your trial. Wisdom can help you see the purposes of God in the midst of the trial and the testing times of faith. Only wisdom can do that. I think we need wisdom. How many of you say, yeah, I think wisdom sounds like a pretty good thing? One of you, okay? <laughs> let, me read, uh, let me read something to you. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, Psalm 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So how many of you would say, I want wisdom? Well, you can't get wisdom until you have the fear of the Lord. Isn't that what he just said? Fear of the Lord is the beginning. That's just the entrance level. That's just the start of it. You, you, in, until the fear of the Lord is there, there, you are nowhere close to even being able to, to get wisdom from God until there's that. So what is that? How many of you, I can remember, I'm, I'm telling you the truth, it took me a little while. When I first got saved, man, I was so excited because I believed the Lord loved me. And I believed that he had forgiven me for my sin. And I was so excited about my relationship with the Lord. It didn't take church, didn't take church and some preachers very long to just scare the living dickens out of me to the point that I was afraid of God. It's like God was angry all the time and God was angry with me and he was hovering over me just waiting for me to mess up, for me to say something bad, to do something bad, to think something bad because, you know, as God, he just really, what he wants to do is just knock you, knock your block off and he's waiting for you to mess up. And so our response to that should be, uh... Fear? But that's not what this means. This is, oh, fear. This is reverence. This is a reverence and an honor and a love for God that, that is beyond any, any other reverence or love or honor that we can have in our life. Now, make the connection. The, the pure reverence of God 
the pure awe and wonder and, and love for God, the, the desire to honor Him above anything else, that's the beginning of wisdom. Because if, not, if that's not the beginning, then we'll never be able to use what He gives us. Because the wisdom of God is so much greater than the wisdom of men. Am I right? There's two different wisdoms. There's the wisdom of this earth, and there is the wisdom of God or heavenly wisdom, the kind of wisdom of the kingdom that kingdom, that kingdom people need to be walking in. Trying to figure out what to hold back and I can't preach everything on my mind right now. Look, uh, go back with me and look. Verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask who? If any of you, so that for those of you that are sitting here already in this service or online, for those of you you've, that have already been thinking, well, I wish so-and-so heard this because I'm telling you they need wisdom. I wish so-and-so were here. I wish so-and-so were listening. You ever do that with messages? We never think they really, we, we don't think any of them are for us. We always think they're for somebody else. And so I love the way he does this because the Holy Spirit just kind of says, if you, if you, yeah, I, I'm, I'm talking to you. If you lack wisdom, if you lack wisdom. No, 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 I, I'm not, don't, just forget your girlfriend, forget your boyfriend, forget your husband, forget your wife, forget your boss, forget your kids. I'm asking you, do you need wisdom? If you lack it, then here's what you do. You ask God. You just ask God. That's kind of a lost art in our society, isn't it? To ask God before? Because he didn't say, ask the counselor, ask the therapist, ask your husband, ask your wife, ask your pastor, ask your associate pastor, ask your associate associate pastor, ask your associate 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 pastor, ask the youth pastor, Pastor, ask the family pastor, um, ask your friends. Um, he says, ask God. Why would we want to go to God first when we can get, all you got to do is Google. Am I right? Google is so much faster than God. Because you don't have to have a relationship with Google. But God wants to have a relationship with His kids. And He wants us to come into His presence. And all, let me say this, all Google is is information that other human beings have put in it. Does anybody know that? Anything that you can access through Google or, or Yahoo or anybody else is only information that other human beings have put in there. But the wisdom we need is not, is not a human thing. Job, Job talking about it, we'll get into this in, as we go in, uh, into the series. Job said he, it's, it's not an earthly thing. You can't get it here. You can't find it here. It's nowhere to be found on this earth. Solomon said it's wisdom, it's greater than gold, it's better than gold, it's better than silver and gold. Have wisdom. 
better than any of those things. It comes from God. We have to get it from, from Him. So we get wisdom, and He says, all you got to do is ask God. Why would we want to ask Him? I can't see Him. I can see you. It's easier for me to talk to a person, you may say, because I can see you. I can see your mouth moving. I hear the words coming out of your mouth. Why? Because it's natural. But the more you become, the more you begin to walk in this and mature in your spiritual life, the, great, the, the more the spiritual world, the spiritual world begins to take on even a greater presence and awareness to you than even the physical world that you're in. So then you get to where you would rather just go sit alone somewhere and ask God for wisdom and then hear what He has to say. But it's, it's asking God for wisdom and part of this is because He knows you. He knows you. He knows every detail of your life. How many of you know that there, I mean, the, the very fact that He knows every hair on your head amazes me. Some of us, we don't work Him too hard. But the fact that he has known every hair that I've ever had on my head, now that could be a job. There is not one millisecond of your life that he doesn't know about. There's not one moment that he turned around and looked the other way and missed something in your life. There's not been one moment that he missed anything that you ever thought, that you ever said, that you ever did. And when you realize His grace and your love, you don't have to be afraid of that. You can actually find pleasure in it. Because see, when he, even, though, even though He knows it was there, He can counsel you through some things. He doesn't choose to remember your sin. I love the next part of that because He said, if you ask God, He'll give it. He will give it to you. And he will give it to you generously, and he will give it to you without finding fault. Go, uh, yeah. If you like wisdom, who gives to God, who gives generously to how many? To his favorite kids, to the ones that give the most money, to the ones that attend church the most often, to all without finding fault that's one of the reasons that we need to go to him he knows your motives he knows everything about your life you come to me for counseling i'm going to sound i'm going to sit down with you and it, it's going to take a long time for me to even dig in enough to be able to figure out to try to help you a little bit god knows everything about you so the moment you sit down with him you don't have to catch him up on anything and he knows your motives here had your motives judged there's, you know what? There's one thing that I hate. Two things I despise. That kind of sounded biblical there, didn't it? There's one thing I hate, and that, that, that's, that is um, the judging of motives by other human beings. By flawed human beings trying to judge the motives of other human beings. Because I don't know why you did what you did. A little boy went out to the road and he was throwing rocks at cars. 
cars would go by and they would toot, you know, blow the horn and, and, and yell stuff at him, you spoiled brat, and, and just drive on by. But he finally hit a car. And the guy stopped the car. And he got out of the car. And he looked at the kid. And he just started letting him have it. Your mama and daddy ought to be ashamed of raising a kid like you. And he lit into this kid with a barrage of words that would rip the heart out of any human being. This little boy is standing there crying. And after the man finally shuts his mouth, the little boy said, Sir, my mama fell down and she's hurt really bad. And we don't have a phone. And I didn't know how to get help. Will you please help? Do you see how that little boy's motives were judged? Does anybody see that? That's why we can't judge motives. We don't know the hearts of human beings. We don't know the hearts of any individual. We judge with the strictest of judgment. And yet we can't even pull the blooming stick out of our own eye. Are you with me? Wisdom will help us with that. God will give us wisdom and He won't even find fault. Have you ever had anybody, that, you, know, you know those people that just love to say, I told you so? Anybody have a mom or daddy like that? You, you mess up, you know, I told you what was going to happen. I told you so. Here's, here's, here's our Father. He doesn't even say, I told you so. He doesn't find fault. He's not coming to you to blame anything on you. In the middle of this, He's coming to say, you may have messed up. You may have royally messed up. And maybe that's the trial that you're in. And maybe you created your own trial. And maybe you're right in the midst of all the heartache of that trial. And you're feeling guilty and ashamed. And now you, you realize, well, I, I'm going to ask God for wisdom. But I, I don't want to talk to Him because I know He's going to fuss at me. He's not going to fuss at you if you come to Him asking Him for wisdom. He's not going to find fault with you. He's going to love you. And He's going to generously give you wisdom without withholding anything. Does that make sense? He wants to pour that out on His kids. But there's always a but that you have to deal with. You may ever know that no matter where you go, there's always a but you've got to deal with. Look at this next one. But. This was all sounding real good, but it was too good to be true. But when you ask, may not be as bad as we think, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. He just says, you can't doubt. You just got to believe me. Because I'm going to give you information. And your temptation and your tendency is going to be, as God begins to pour wisdom into you, your emotions at times are not going to agree with it. How many of you know that our emotions can be like the waves of the sea? We're up, down, up one day, down the next, up one day, down the next. Suddenly we watch news and, and it's like, oh man, we're all down. And then we read the scripture and oh, we're all up. And then we watch the news and we're all down. And, and, we come up, and then, you see what I'm saying? 
And that's, what, that's what's been happening to so many people. We, we listen to all the junk this world is offering and we're up and down and up and down and up and down and God's saying, I want to level that out for you. But there's one thing I need to level that out for you. I need to get wisdom in you to level that out. I need to get wisdom in you to get the chaos out. I need to get wisdom in you to get the doubt. Here's what I need though. I need you to believe what I tell you. I just need you to believe. I don't need you to run around a building. I don't need you to count how many times you go to church. I don't need you to, to, to say, I'm going to read the Bible uh, for 12 hours today. I'm going to fast seven days. That's not what I need from you. I don't need your sacrifices. I just need you to believe me. If you'll believe me, I can give you wisdom. If you believe me, I'll tell you what's going on. If you believe me, I'll expose the enemy strategies in this situation. If you will believe me, I will help you see from my perspective. But what I need is is your faith. And if you have that, man, I got an abundance of stuff that I can tell you that's going to help. Like a sea blown and tossed by the wind, keep going. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So, what do we need to do? We need, we need to believe. We get into His Word. And we allow Him to pour into us. Paul prayed, God give him the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation of what? Revelation of the Scriptures. Reveal the Scripture. Reveal what you're doing in this world. Reveal yourself to them, Jesus, in a greater way that they would know you more. We need wisdom. The first question, the biggest question that any of us need right now to make or, or an answer to Where are we? Do we lack wisdom? And if we do, then we ought to rest well to say, man, this right here sounds like an abundance of wisdom, and all I've got to do is believe God to give it to me. And he said he would do it, and he said he would do it generously. Now let me give you a quick example. Wisdom of the world, wisdom of God. I was, uh, I was in a store the other day, and I saw this little sign. Um, let me see if I can find this. I saw this little, it's like, you know one of those little picture things? You know what I'm saying, that you can hang up? And, um, and it says, and I know, I know you won't be able to see this, but, but I took a picture of it. But it says, do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. That's the wisdom of the world. Do what makes you happy is the wisdom of the world. It's not the wisdom of God. It's the wisdom of the world. See, for me to do what makes me happy, and, and, and if you, 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 can, you hear that, you can hear that all the time. How many of you hear that? The, the you know, most important thing is that you're happy. I hear believers telling other believers, well, the most important thing is you're happy. No, that's not the most important thing. As a matter of fact, your pursuit of happiness can royally screw up your life. That's worldly wisdom. That's not God's wisdom. The wisdom of God, He wants us to experience joy. But happiness, on the other hand, by the world's standard, is really very self-centered. You see, because when I decide I want to be happy, then sometimes I have to mess up, every other, uh, mess up other people to be that way. Does that make sense? 
Sometimes I have to make a decision to destroy you to make me happy. But that's not, what, that's not godly wisdom. See, godly wisdom takes into consideration the decision that I'm about to make. What kind of impact is it going to have on the people I love and the people around me? We live in a world today where we make decisions based upon what kind of happiness will it bring, not realizing that the choice that we think is going to make us happy now is going to be the thing that we're going to hate five years down the road, ten years down the road. You tracking with me? We've got into this habit in our world today of saying how far is too far for the believer. I used to minister uh, to, to youth years, years ago when I was a young man myself and ministered to youth. And one of the questions that I would get is how far is too far by the teenagers? And I'm not talking about driving down the road. You understand what I'm saying? And I always say that's the wrong question. But, what, but how, how far can I go and it still not be sin? That's the wrong question. The right question is, what is the wise choice here? The wise choice says, maybe, maybe what you think is the line of sin, still too far. Because you see, for some, even dating the person you're about ready, you shouldn't be asking how far can you go physically with that person. You should be asking, should I even be with that person? That's the wise question. But see, when we seek wisdom instead of well how close can i get to the sin line without falling over it that's not reverence that's not reverencing him that's not honoring him and it's not even honoring your own life it's not even the best for you it's not even the best for me what is the best for us is that we get his wisdom and he wants to give it we've already heard that he wants us to have it he wants you to have it. You're his little girl. His little boy. And he's just saying to all of you, I know it's a tough world right now. I know there's a lot of confusion out there. I know there's a lot of fear out there. And you don't even know what to believe anymore. You hear this person say this and that one say that you hear this news network say this and that news network say that you hear this politician say that and you hear that politician say something else and you are so pulled that you don't even know what to think anymore and God is saying let that confusion drive you to the one place that you don't have to be confused let all of that confusion drive you back into my presence let all of that confusion drive you back. All those confusing voices, let them bring you back to my still voice, my still small voice, and hear from me. I'll tell you the truth. I won't lie to you. That's what the Lord is saying. I'll tell you the truth. He's going to rise up a church. He's going to raise up a church in this country. And He's going to pour out His Spirit on it. And it ain't going to look like what we always thought church looked like. And there may be a lot of 
church people that are not involved and don't experience it because He's looking for people who will fear Him, reverence Him, open their life to His wisdom. And once He's got some people, He's going to start pouring it out. Will you choose to be one of those? Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? If you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's the beginning. None of this matters until you are a part of His family. Would you right now just pray, Lord, I am a sinner. And you died to save sinners. You paid for my sin on the cross. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I receive you now as my Savior. I receive your righteousness. I receive you in my life. And I am saved because of you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to pray one last prayer together. I hope and pray that we all want to be those that will choose to walk in wisdom in a world that is, that is so far away from the wisdom of God. And so let's take just a moment to pray. And if that is your prayer, you can pray right where you're at, but just say, God, I receive. I want to walk in your wisdom. And I'm ready to hear. Lord, we choose to walk in your wisdom. We choose to walk in your way, to hear a voice, to see, to see this world and all of the calamities and all of the hurt and all the pain. We choose to see it from your perspective. We choose to love the way you love, to hear the way you hear, to speak the way you speak, to touch this world the way you touch it. We receive now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.